Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Away we go. This is the Friday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin, and as always, Colin Surrey, our producer today. On the program this morning, I'll have Derek Gould, the Cardinals beat writer from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Will there be baseball this season? What's it going to look like? Derek Gould coming up on the show. And we'll start with baseball this morning. Yesterday, the players rejected the league's plan to begin the season. There was a conference call with the Players Association and with certain players. They were on it, too. They said, eh, no thanks. So we're looking at not starting the sport on July 4th unless something is done this weekend more than likely. This is so bad. So bad. Neither side can figure this out. It's a terrible look for the sport. This is a pandemic. This isn't a collective bargaining agreement to figure out the next five years. This is about an outlier of a season. So, Dan, do I think they'll play? Yeah, I do, Dan. Have they lost a great opportunity to help the country? Yes. Does everybody look greedy? Yes. Will they lose fans? Yes. Will they potentially lose sponsors? Probably. Is it short-sighted? Absolutely. It's been an embarrassment. There's no other way to put it. Embarrassing. Jeff Passan of ESPN. If individual players choose not to show up, they would be placed on the restricted list and would not get their service time. So they're going to show up. They're just not going to be particularly happy about it. And things that I think a lot of people around the sport want, such as expanded playoffs, such as Mike up players during games you know the, those little ancillary elements uh, the players still control that because none of those things was part of that agreement so if MLB wants to expand from 10 to 14 playoff teams this year Union can just say no like that's not happening uh, if we want to get I mean we saw guys during spring training how incredible it is to have players mic'd up on the field and considering in most places there probably are not going to be fans in the stands having mic'd up players this year would be an extraordinarily insightful thing for baseball to have just in terms of marketing itself we may not have that either unless there's a negotiated agreement here between MLB and the Union quite a partnership they have going right now huh while the owners and the players look at each other as foes instead of allies the nba and the nhl have at least gotten together and will try to make their seasons work now there is a big difference between the two it's not apples and apples these are apples and oranges when you compare it because the nba the nhl they did get through some of their season there was revenue uh, there were salaries paid and baseball is at square one the nba board of governors approved a 22 team restart to begin on july 31st at disney nba Commissioner Adam Silver. And then once the playoffs start, and this was a point made by Michael Jordan, you know, whose team, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, are not one of the 22 teams, but he's clearly the most respected voice in the room when it comes to basketball. He felt it was very important that after we established the 16 teams, we not be gimmicky because there were a lot of proposals on the table to do unique tournaments and um, pool play like you see in international competition. And we took many of those proposals very seriously. But I think ultimately, and I, I agreed with Michael, that there's so much chaos in the world right now. I mean, even before the racial unrest we're experiencing now, that let's, let's come as close to normal as we can. And as close to normal as we can is top eight in the West, top eight in the East, playing four rounds of seven games. 
So then that's what we intend to do, and our goal is to crown a champion. I love that. A lot of things were on the table, but the commissioner listened. And still one of the most powerful people in the sport, Michael Jordan. He's working with his top people. He's been a leader through all this as it pertains to sports coming back. The NHL took a significant step forward towards resuming their season as they announced phase two of their return to play plan. That would allow small group workouts on the ice and off of it. There's a maximum of six players at any one time. Yesterday, Rivs and BK had the Blues captain Alex Petrangelo on their show. It was a great visit. They did a great job with this. The biggest takeaway for me during that visit was whether or not he would re-sign with St. Louis once the season is over. Um, you know, it's been quiet. Uh, obviously, this is a situation that no one really, uh, you know, saw coming. But, you know, I've kept most of the stuff internal. And I think, I'm, you know, I, I prefer to keep it that way. Like, the, the only thing that I can really say is that me and my wife are really taking our time to kind of go through all of the options and what's going to happen. And, um, you know, the league doesn't even know, you know, where things are going to be at. I think once, you know, they decide if, if we're coming back or, or not, there'll be a little bit more clarity on what's going to happen next year moving forward. But, um, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm running 100 miles an hour, but I'll give myself credit. I've had an opportunity to really sit back and um, take my time and really just discuss with, with my wife and um, my family about what's going to be the best decision for us moving forward because ultimately that's, that's what matters. What about his legacy? First captain in Blues history to hoist the cup. There may be a statue of him outside Enterprise Center, and he could go down as one of the greatest players in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a big deal. I mean, I've been here my whole career. The city means a lot to me. Uh, you know, my wife being from here, and we've got a lot of family and friends here. This is place, uh, you know, it's become a second home to me. And uh, I guess it's, uh, it's one way to put it about legacy and, I've had some really good memories here too, and, and I'd like to keep those memories. But again, it's we got to sit back and, and kind of go through this thing, and it's uh, it's a decision that takes a lot of people and a lot of opinions that that you know you want to count on. And obviously, um, everyone knows you know I'm close with my family, my wife's family, and it's uh, it's fun to have those conversations because their inputs matter. This uh, this city means a lot to me, so uh, hopefully we can get something done you know in that aspect. But uh, again. Certainly uh, a lot of things to discuss. Now, there's been a lot of talk in sports, not just hockey, but all free agents in all sports could just take a one-year deal, then hit the market again because of the pandemic that has hit our world. Um, I've heard you know people say that before, and they've asked me that before. And I don't think it's really um, going to affect you know maybe as much as people think. It may, but I think the hardest thing for teams, whether it's me or or, or different free agent is, um, or a restricted free agent, whatever it is, they're going to have to find ways to be more creative than maybe they, they were planning on before, especially after they had said that the uh, the cap was going to go up. So I think it's just more teams finding ways to make things work, finding different ways to make things work. And um, again, I think both sides know that this wasn't really planned from, from anybody. So I think everybody's going to have to kind of sit down and, and try and work things out. That was a great visit with uh, Petro on Ribs and BK. They always have great guests, and they're coming up at 11 here on 101 ESPN. On the Air Comfort Service text line, it is wide open 65780 from the 314 Danny Mack. Love you, bro, but if baseball doesn't play this season, I'm out. And I mean, I'm out for good. Well... I think you and many will do that if they don't play, and I do think they're going to play. These entire negotiations with the leaks that we hear about, you know, the bottom line, they've been so short-sighted. My God, we're in a pandemic here. There's massive unemployment. Cities were burning this week, including ours. 
And I'm going on the radio every morning telling you how baseball can't figure it out, how to split up billions of dollars. Are they going to take a hit? Owner's going to take a hit? Yes. Player's going to take a hit? Yes. How about the rest of the world? Are they taking a hit? Good majority of them. It's been an embarrassment. Now, I think this city will be a great test if and when the sport has a normal quote-unquote season if they don't play. So let's say they don't play this year, hypothetically. This is a great baseball town. It's one of the best in America, if not the best. But if fans don't come back here and support the sport, can you imagine what it may look like in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or other places that will just say the hell of it? That's why this is so short-sighted. Yeah, right now there's hits. However, assuming we return to normalcy and there are games back, the revenue is there. Man, from the outside looking in, and I'm not in these negotiations, it's been handled about as bad as you possibly can imagine, and a lot of that has to do with the leaks. Don't want to hear it. From the 573 on the Air Comfort Service text line, I read yesterday where you will be doing games from a studio this year. How will that happen? Love your work. I appreciate that. Uh, I have no clue because nobody's told me anything in terms of how we will do games. My assumption is that we will have the opportunity to do home games if they play, if they play, at Bush Stadium. In terms of road games, again, my assumption is that we do those from a studio. Not ideal, but it can be done. And I've said this from the beginning. You guys have heard me. Have fun with it. Embrace it. Make the most of it. Part of my job is to entertain. So I'll try and do that. And believe me, fans don't want to hear an announcer complain ever. Come on, we're calling baseball games for a living. They certainly don't want to hear an announcer complain about a game, you know, because they got to do it on a monitor. And if they do complain, shame on them. Shut up and do your job. From the 573, Legacy has to be a part of the Petro negotiations. Love your show, Danny Mac. I think it is. And I don't normally say that. I mean, this is business, and business is business. It's money. However, he's still in the prime of his career if you bring him back. Now, the back end of the deal, eh, that could be a little shaky. You don't know. But his situation, to me, it is unique. Help bring the cup to St. Louis. Could have a statue outside the building. He very well could find his way to the Hall of Fame and do that entirely in his career in St. Louis. Wearing that blue sweater for his entire career. And that's rare that a player in any sport with free agency now does that. I don't care what sport you're talking about. Guys just seem to leave. It happens. You know, there's problems. There's back into the deal. Uh, you know, you start to turn 37, 38, 39. And, you know, an organization says, we're good. I'm, I'm okay. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to move on. However... You know, having said that, I never saw, thought I'd see Albert Pujols in a different uniform. So this is business. Taylor Twelman was a guest this morning with Randy and Michelle. A lot of people are curious about the MLS. I get that all the time. People know I'm very uh, involved with the MLS in terms of trying to bring it here. We got it here, and now the stadium is going up. They had a contentious labor situation going on, kind of similar to what was happening with baseball. And Taylor Twelman was on the show, and he broke down their situation this morning. Michelle, it's a difficult time, right? And I tweeted this, and obviously people on both sides of the owners and the players were upset with me. But truth be told, when there's over 35 million people unemployed, if owners and players are going to argue about future pay and future play, you're going to lose the paying customer. It just That's fact not opinion nobody has time for that and while emotions were high i do have to give don garber and the owners and the players led by bob foos a ton of credit cooler heads prevailed 
They recognized where they, where they were in the situation. They recognized that the World Cup in 26 is on the horizon. That St. Louis is building this gorgeous stadium downtown. Austin, Charlotte, and Sacramento all coming into this league and to grow a sport. You can't afford a lockout. You can't. And you can't afford a strike. Um, and so I give both sides a ton of credit for recognizing the deal. And so here's where we are this morning. Now, obviously, <laughs> I know it seems weird. There is a global pandemic still going on for what it's worth. And so the situations are fluid. But as of right now, the end of June, all 2016, all 2016s will show up in Orlando. They will train. And then early July, July 3rd, 4th, or 5th, whatever that date may be, schedule is still being hashed out, there will be a tournament. Now, every team will play a minimum of three games. Um, those three games will count towards the regular season, and it hasn't been confirmed yet, but the winner of this will get a CONCACAF Champions League berth, which is a real money, monetary value to a club, to a franchise in Major League Soccer, so there is something on there. And then we are under the impression at ESPN that there will be anywhere from 15 to 18 games in their respective home markets after the tournament, depending on, obviously, the global pandemic and what's going to go forward. But the one thing that needs to be said that hasn't been said enough is that Major League Soccer opened the doors for the NBA to return. That's, that's another fact, not an opinion. So MLS, Disney, ESPN have been on the forefront of trying to get this deal done. The NBA heard about the deal and moved from Vegas to Orlando because of how the infrastructure is set up for everyone to go to fit there. Now, the NBA's moved their timeline a little different, Michelle and Randy. So initially it was July 21st, 25th. Now it looks like it's going to be, you know, July 31st, early August when they report to uh, Orlando, which is good for both leagues. I'm not so sure you want both leagues there at the same time. Interesting stuff from Taylor Twelman is uh, you think about what he covered there. Number one, MLS, big picture, a lot of big picture things there. For the betterment of the sport, we need to get back on the field. Avoid a work stoppage. What does it mean for World Cup? What we have here in St. Louis, it's a big deal. And then the idea of what Disney brings to their league and then the NBA following suit and having a relationship with ESPN. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, Taylor's really opinionated, and I love listening to him, and he's one of the best soccer players to ever come out of St. Louis and does a terrific job on the air. Let's go to the Air Comfort Service text line. A few more of these, and then we'll take a timeout visit with Derek Gould. Uh, Let's see. Danny Mack, can we start 2020 over again? I think everybody feels that way. The 309, any idea how impactful the Manfred-Clark relationship is affecting the negotiations? Love the show. This is from Spring Hill, Tennessee. It's got to be big. Those are the two heads of the each side, MLB uh, Players Association and uh, baseball trying to come together and make this thing work. And the problem is you have leaks going out everywhere. Not good. Uh, 573, I'm a diehard, lifelong baseball fan. Some of my most fond memories are baseball on opening day. I get goosebumps. MLB messes this up. I'll be out. Love the show, Danny Mac. Miss you on the games. I miss doing the games. Believe me, we all do. Um, I think some people will come back. 
we, we've been through this before, especially longtime fans. They've seen the early 80s. They've seen 1994. We almost had a stoppage in 02. And it just seems like it's par for the course. You're going to have two sides. There's a lot of distrust between the owners and the players. And here's the thing. We, we could have an agreement next week, and all of a sudden the conversation shifts from, well, we'll worry about the next labor agreement, which is coming up after next season. Let's not worry about it now. That's done. I'm sick of hearing about the money. They figured it out. Who's on um, Who's on the roster? Who's your leadoff man? Who bats cleanup? Is it a six-man rotation? How does spring training work, if you will? 2.0 at Bush State. I mean, those are the things that we want to talk about. We want to talk about the sport, and then that becomes front and center. I appreciate all your feedback on the Air Comfort Service text line. Rhino Shield mic drop as well. We'll continue the baseball conversation. Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is coming up. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Continue on a Friday morning with Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mack. And a reminder, we do this every day at 10. And we'll get to some mic drops and text messages coming up in the next segment. Derek, no need to send in an Air Comfort Service text message. If you want to get anything off your chest, you can just do it right now. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm all right, Dan. Good to good to talk with you. It's been a while, and uh, you you. You're there over at 101 now, so this is the, our first chance for me to, to say um, it's good to hear you over there, and congratulations. Uh, look forward to talking to you when there's when there's actually baseball to talk with. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I, I miss the game. I miss seeing the people around the game, uh, like yourself, other media members, our crew. Um, as it pertains to the game returning, where are we right now in just a general sense of baseball trying to get back on the field, in your opinion? I think we're in a prolonged staring contest between the owners and the union. Um, you know, the, the financial aspect and the, the press releases and the leaks and the rhetoric has gotten all the attention. Um, but there is a significant conversation to be had, too, about the health um, factor. Um, you know, the baseball's in a different spot than these other leagues. And I, I, and I know that it's not what baseball fans or even like St. Louis or sports fans want to hear. Um, but there is an element or there's a strong element of truth to it that the other leagues have gotten back and had a head start because they had some other season. Um, you know, the NBA, the NHL, those owners had revenues in place. Those players had made a vast majority of their salary. Uh, for their season, you know, if you know when you consider it on a game by game basis, so you know they were well into their season. That means they were well into their wallets with revenue. Uh, baseball wasn't. Uh, baseball when this hit, um, baseball was at you know had sold tickets, but now has refunded most of those tickets. Um, you know, players are not paid during spring training, so they were getting their per diem or their stipend, and that's something, but it's not their salary. Um, so, you know, baseball was starting from behind the, the gate where all these other sports were starting closer to the finish line. And that is a, it's been complex for them to get over. Um, so, too, has been an agreement in March, Dan, where the players agreed to take prorated salaries based on the number of games, which makes a lot of sense. That's how it works. 
Um, and they want that. And owners are saying, well, that's based on revenue with fans in the stands and that's not happening. So let's do something different. And that's where the, the kind of the, the deadly embrace as they call it is right now, they can't get past that. And meanwhile, the, the safety and health aspect is, is significant and that's on the other side the pr aspect of this with the other sports returning Brutal. base yeah it, i mean your perspective of this because you you make a living off this you you cover it daily 365 days a year the pr aspect of this has just been terrible hasn't it yeah i think there's two elements of that and i don't i think you know i think that's the tiktok of the media coverage um you know with like you know like covering the play-by-play of a boxing match right uppercut landed here you know uh haymaker there body blow body blow um it it just gives the the fans and the perception that these they're these wild swings of this pendulum and and there there are but that's how negotiations happen you know if you were to um sit in with the nhl negotiations um you know, you, you would probably see a narrower band of that swing because, again, they had so much of their season played. But you would still see disagreements. Yeah. Um, you would still hear, you know, you would still see them carving out their, their land that they're not going to move from. Um, I, I see the shape of an agreement between owners and players in baseball because they have staked out the perimeter. That's what's happened is we have seen them stake out the perimeter. And we and, and to be honest, like. This is a lot like negotiating in free agency or negotiating as prompted by arbitration. Um, you know, both sides start with the extreme of what they want. You know, you hear it all the time. This player is looking for nine years and $350 million. Well, this team is willing to offer him six years and $250 million. Oh, look, they ended up at eight years and $300 million. Shocker. Um, you know, it's just like it, – it's just – the the sides are carving out where they want to be and owners have revealed a lot about their finances i think far more than the the players have in this regard and and that's to the benefit of the players they want to know more about what owners uh you know find as revenues what owners make as revenues that is information that they can get today that they can use next year when they have a cba to negotiate and use tomorrow when they're trying to get the game back this this is valuable information for them and it might hurt the PR to get it. Um, it might look like they're trying to draw every life's time, but I think really in, in they're, they're, they're shaking the owners down for information. And once they figure out like, why are the owners fixated on that game? It's around 50. Well, that's where the sweet spot is. Right. That's where the revenue matches the salaries that are prorated. Why are they willing to go to 81? Well, because they know that that's the sweet spot for the quality of a season and for the prelude to a playoffs where the jackpot is. So how do the players maximize the the return on an 81 game schedule? Well, they raise it up. They say, well, we want to pay 114, right? And play, and then owners counter and say, no, we want to play around 50. Well, what's the midpoint? That 82 again. So how do they get there? Prorated salaries, deferred salaries. What are we looking at there? I mean, I think, like I said, I, I think it's these wild swings Lots of frustration, but it's like it's leaking out play by play. It's it's like we're in the third inning and every pitch has been headlines as opposed to waiting till the seventh to see when things really get going. Derek Gould, our guest from SDLToday.com and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch covering the Cardinals. Um, it, it, it's interesting, though, if you're going to get to 82 games, you got to yeah. start 
uh, and it and by the way, the deal has to get ratified. So if you agree to a deal this week, still has to get yeah. ratified. That takes time. I'm really starting to doubt whether we see 82 games, especially if the owners are insistent because of the potential of a second wave of the coronavirus right. hitting that, uh, and they won't play beyond October, that you're going to get 82 games in. Well, I mean, yes, that is, the, you know, they don't want to play past the end of October. That uh, Owners have said that on the record. Um, they've said that multiple times. They're, they're, their fear of a second wave shutting the thing down before the riches of the postseason is legit. Um, I would counter then maybe be creative about how you deal with the postseason, right? Like if if you need neutral site, why is that off the map for yeah. the World Series? Um, you know, if you if um, you know basketball is going until October seventeenth, um, you know football will be insist that it will be in full swing by then. College football wants to be playing in November, so is your reason for not wanting to get into November because you don't want to overlap with football? Well, that's not cool. That That's not the reason. Is it health? Then, okay, let's talk about that. And let's figure out, you know, how, if there's a creative alternative to that, I still think they'll like, like July 15th, July 14th, which is still more than a month away. And players are, are ramping up in preparation for that first week of July, second week of July start. Um, you know, if you have a, a way to get off the ground and launch around July 15th, you can still do the 82 games. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be double headers. It would be some ways to kind of cram it in, but uh, you would yeah. do it. In terms yep. of what the roster may look like, you know, we've had a lot of talk about the 50 guys that you'd have in a taxi squad. I'm curious. Sure. Let's just talk about what may happen on the field. What happens to a Dylan Carlson in this type of situation? And do clubs, as it pertains to a guy like Dylan or a top prospect, do they get added to a 40-man and start their clock? Or do you think teams just say, no, 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 this is an outlier. We want to, we don't want to do that. We don't want to waste it. What do you, what do you think about that? I think it depends on the team. Um, I think you're going to see some – I think you're going to see some fascinating decisions yeah. based on what a team um, has put into 2020 and what a team wants to get out of 2020. Um, some things uh, – Dylan Carlson is an example, right? Like, First of all, we need to know the rules. We need to know how service time will work, right? Will this – will a 50-game or an 82-game schedule, will that be considered a full year? And thus for a full year of service time. For a lot of guys, it is. I mean, it's going to be a full year off the contract, right? But for a young guy being in the majors, is that 50 days of service time? Is that 82 days of service time? Or is each game some prorated number of a 183 days in in um, in the majors? If so, then you might see you know teams put like a Dylan Carlson on the taxi squad, right, so that he's available. And then whatever it is, games in, eight games, 12 games in, have him come up because they've minimized that window, you know, the impact. And that way they could get the extra year of control. Teams will do that. Um, you know, there there will be some teams, and the Cardinals are in this group, where if you say, all right, who are your best 30 players? Who are your be- What's your best 30-man roster um, without service time being included? You know, Dylan Carlson would obviously be in it. Sure. I think there's an argument that um, that Zach Thompson would be on it. Absolutely. From this past year. Cody Whitley would be on it. Yep. Um, those are three guys that are not on the 40-man. 
Um, so if service time is not an issue and winning is the issue, then you'd see those three guys on it, right? Um, but how do they get there? I think I think there are some teams, um, you know, San Diego is one, where if they made a 30-man roster out of their best available players, they would be a contender uh, a lot quicker, They especially in the short season. Um, but do they want to get there? And, and what do the rules allow them to do? And then on the other end, I think you have teams like the Cubs who when whew, boy, when rosters open up and they're able to make moves, are they going to divest themselves of some of those salaries? Well, here's the, qu- gonna, here's the other dumb? question, though. I, I would say the answer is yes. But then who's going to want to pay some of those guys in this pandemic? Well, that brings us to the Dodgers who have invested a lot in winning in 2020. Um, they have yet to have a, have a game for Mookie Betts. Right. Um, that, that was their guy. They have yet to have a game pitched by David Price. Um, they have a high salary. They have uh, a high payroll. They have no revenue. And they have a lot of a lot of interest in winning a World Series. And they've already lost um, half of one of Clayton Kershaw's final years. So... I, I don't, you know, where are the Dodgers in this? I mean, the Dodgers, you, you would imagine, have a pretty good nest egg, a pretty good buffer, as well, good as any team, which isn't great. I mean, these teams are not getting revenue, um, but you figure the Dodgers have some wealth to pull off something or at least can, you know, can try to go all in. But do they want to on 2020? I, I, I mean, I think they're in a fascinating spot because they have put such an emphasis on this year um and they're gonna lose the you know the all-star game we don't talk about that yeah you know um though though you know that that's an interesting kind of tag along with these conversations is the uh the players willingness to do something creative with the all-star game such as play it at the end um for added revenue which i think would be an interesting look so let's size it up um yes or no if a season how many games and is this a prelude to a work stoppage coming up next year when there's even more leverage going into the final year of a cba great questions um i i will i will hazard um i will hazard a few guesses uh you know I, i i think there's too much pressure um, it's, you know, again, you can see the outlines in the negotiation. I mean, there's too much pressure for there not to be baseball this year. Um, I think both sides realize the pain is not worth, um, you know, walking away from an entire season. So they are both motivated to have a season. Um, I don't know the length. I mean, that, that, that it sure seems like somewhere in that eighties is where they're going to land. Um, it's, can they, can they raise the financial balloon just enough to make both sides happy in that regard? Um, but it's, it does seem like that's at least, um, um, that's at least the middle, the midpoint that they could find an agreement if the finances can get there. And I, I think, I think this is all prelude for how the conversations are going to go. Um, but I have not heard anything from players about how they um, they want to lose games to make a point. Um, they don't want to do it now during a pandemic, during a pair of national crises. They don't want to do it in general. Um, I do think that this has been a galvanizing experience for the players, and they needed it um, coming out of 
TBA. This, the, these negotiations and where they want them to go and how they're approaching them has has really fortified the union in a way that uh, that they needed it over several years. Um, I actually think that sets up well for um, the next CBA because the motivation for the players is to um, make the market as big and lucrative as possible um, and get more of the revenue that the player that the owners are taking in um, and alter how young players are paid. Yes, um, because young players a larger voice than ever. Um, I think those are all positives, and I and I don't think the owners are going to be resistant to that. I, there's, there's, it's going to be bruising. There's going to be leaks like this. There's going to be back and forth. There's going to be, you know, big headlines and gossip and all of that. It's just that's just the way baseball is. But I think the the unity within the union and the awareness of the young players those are positives for the game not going through a work stoppage. Awesome stuff, Derek. And I loved reading your report on the minor leagues this past week in the Post-Dispatch and and getting an idea of where the future, uh, where it is right now, where it is in the minor leagues and and the positions and the pitchers. They're well-suited, so you did a great job covering that and breaking it down for, uh, for baseball fans here in town. And I appreciate your time as always. Thanks, man. Thanks, Dan. Look forward to seeing you in a ballpark at some point soon. Boy, do I look forward to that as well. Thanks, Derek. That's Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Coming up, we'll get to your Air Comfort Service text line questions or comments, 65780. Rhino Shield mic drops as well. We do this every day, 10 o'clock, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This is your show. It's Scoops with Danny Mac. You make me think. Hopefully, I'm making you think, and we help each other out. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Rhino Shield mic drop. Try to rip through these as much as I can. We got a ton of response. Danny Mac, love the show. Agree with you. The Cardinals are not cheap. Yeah, we talked about that the other day. They spend money. Now, it's debatable on how they spend the money. And every owner, every GM, every president of baseball operations has to answer those questions. It's part of being a fan. I can sit there and say that I'm not sure I'd give Matt Carpenter extension and maybe the Fowler deal hasn't worked out quite like you thought it might. But that's part of it. Where will we be in a couple of years on the Goldschmidt extension of over $100 million? You know, we can all debate that. But to say that they're cheap, that's wrong. It's factually wrong. You can look at the numbers and it bears it out. They spend money. Rhino Shield, Mike Drop, and this is Evan. Hey, guys. Love listening to the show. Just wanted to say for the baseball, why not for the owners propose a floor so teams have to stay competitive and spend a certain amount of money that helps the players in the long run and then come up with a reasonable salary allocation so everyone's covered in the future the players and the owners still aren't bankrupt i don't know what's taking so long to come up to a conclusion like that totally agree there needs to be a floor great point evan and i've been saying that for a while if you don't want to put a cap on it that's fine but to have a floor is very important because then there's no tanking you're not going to have what we had with the cubs you're not going to have what we had a few years ago with the astros where they were trying to lose i mean there's no other way to put it they were putting a product out there that was not going to be competitive against 
the top teams in the league. And if you're looking for a competitive balance, and as a fan, that's what you want. You want to see that my team has a chance to win. My team has an outside chance to win. Maybe we get the wild card, but if you spend up to a certain amount, at least you're more competitive than saying you're throwing out a payroll that's $60 because that don't fly. If no baseball in 2020, I won't attend a single game in 21. I am 54 years old, been through the other stoppages. This one is different due to the country and what's happening right now. We need baseball more than ever. Been saying that this week, too. Been saying it for a month. Agreed. This is not 1994. This is not 1980 and 81. This is not 2002. This is a pandemic. This is over 40 million that are unemployed. This is civil unrest in our country, and people need a distraction. We haven't seen live sports since March 12th, okay? We haven't seen it. Now, you've had golf charity matches. You've got um, a segmented portion of the population that enjoys NASCAR. But in terms of the major professional sports, we haven't seen it. Baseball, find a way to get back on the field. There's no other way to put it. Coming up, we'll cross it over with Ribs and BK. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Ribs BK coming up at 11. They'll take you until 2. Then the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Scoops with Danny Mack. Every day heard 10 until 11. Um, I heard you guys have Grand Fear coming up. I, I just want one question asked. If sure. you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Here, Dan. We're here okay. for you. Thanks. If Nick Kiprios doesn't run him over, oh, yes. does he believe in his heart they win the Stanley Cup? We win it that year. A hundred percent we win it that year. John Casey wasn't bad. He was good. But game seven, the one shot, as everybody saw, it's a famous moment in hockey history. Iserman lets it rip, goes over the shoulder, series over, Gretzky gone, I'm in tears, and the rest is history. But if he is in goal for that run, mm-hmm. um, got to wonder, do they win the Stanley Cup? Do you guys win the Stanley Cup? If he's healthy, yeah, we win it that year. You think so? A hundred percent. We had so many horses that were such good players. Like, we had, obviously, we had Gretzky, we had Hully, we had Courtney, we had Corson, we had McKinnis, we had Pronger. Like, just go on and yeah. on and on. It was a great team. Does Gretz stay then, or is he gone anyway? Gretz wanted to stay, period. I know. God, he wanted to retire a St. Louis Blue. Yep. And his interactions with a Mr. Keenan yeah. completely spoiled that. What, what did you think of Mike? <laughs> Not much. Okay. BK, what do you have coming up on the show? Uh, So we've got Evan Grant. He wrote yesterday that um, Texas baseball teams might be able to have fans in the stands. They're going to leave that up to the governors and the local authorities, apparently. Hold on. So we may have fans in the stands, but they're not going to be watching anything, apparently, right now. Exactly. Well, I'm just worried that now the owner's proposal is built around no fans. So how do you... Well, it's interesting. Yeah, I, you have to make an adjustment with that. If yeah. you and think about the home field advantage, if you're the Astros and the Rangers, if you're allowed to have fans, talk about a change of events for yeah. the Houston Astros. It really is from where we oh, thought they were going to be right. at the beginning of the season to Didn't suddenly that way. the only advantage that any team has. That would be amazing. I don't know. They probably have a few more advantages. Yeah, that's a good point. Just saying. Who else you got? 
And at uh, 12.30, we've got James Myrtle of The Athletic talking cool. to him. He said yesterday that he thinks the NHL could potentially adopt this as their schedule format moving forward. So I'm interested to see what he says about that. You know, I said that yesterday on my little opening monologue that I do, that if the NBA and the NHL come back and, and let's just say comes off with relatively no hitches, but they get through the season, why do you want to compete against what is now America's sport, which is football, and you've got college football, Thursday night, Friday night, uh, all day Saturday, NFL on Sunday, Monday nights, and Thursday night football, yep. too, with the NFL. So five of your seven days are occupied by the American public for the most part, generally speaking, watching the NFL or college football. And you've got the lesser of your games, your early season schedule going against that. What you may want to do is just say, you know what, let's go against baseball. Let's take this into the summer. I, I don't know if I like hockey that far in the summer, but hell, we see it in June anyway with the Stanley Cup and the mm-hmm. NBA. What's the difference, too? I think the NBA is going to do that. I think moving forward, we're going to see them start on Christmas. I think that's... I, I would be surprised at this point if that isn't the case. Hockey's the one that I would have questions about because of the ice conditions, but I guess we're going to see some of those answers whenever we see what it looks like in Vegas as they're playing out there. So, um, I do have an air comfort service text line. I can't answer this because I've run out of time, but I'll be happy <laughs> to carry this over to your show and it's from the 618 would love to hear more on mike keenan from rivers okay. that's from the 618 so i'll leave that up to you guys you have a great show i love your guests i love your show and i'll see you guys on monday okay sounds you great got it, Danny, all right jamie it's great to see you always great to i want to hear about iron mike <laughs> oh you will oh i'm sure i will i don't want to be in the conversation though leave me out of it. this was from the 618 okay all right colin great job we'll talk to everybody on monday at 10 on scoops with danny mac you have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.